the podcast from Belmont Chapel in Exeter, sharing the story, living the life. For more information, go to belmontchapel.org.uk. My name is Saz. I'm one of the leaders of this church. It's lovely to see you, old faces and new faces. I don't know whether you were here last week, but we are continuing our Advent series. We're looking at Mary, the mother of Jesus' words, in a song sometimes called Mary's Song, sometimes called the Magnificat. Last Sunday, Paul showed us, through Mary's words, a glimpse of what God is like. We were looking at Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 49 last week, uh, and Paul reminded us that God was Mary's saviour. She said those words, and God is our saviour. And also, Paul reminded us that God was mindful of Mary, and God is mindful of us this morning. God is mindful of you, whatever circumstances you are in this morning. This week, we're looking at the next few verses in Mary's song. Luke chapter 1, verses 50 to 53. If you want to turn to them, if you have a Bible uh, with you or on your phone, you can. They will be up on the screen. These verses show us how God acts towards human beings. These show God's character by seeing how he acts to human beings in a whole range of different circumstances. So I'm going to do something a bit strange now, Uh, and I wonder if you could nod at me if you know why this has been in the news over the last two weeks. Do you know? I've I've got some nods. I've got a few very blank faces. I've got some nods. Okay, I'm going to tell you the story, so don't worry. This is... (laughs) This is the story of Jack Grealish, the Man City and England footballer. And I think we get a little bit of a glimpse of Jack Grealish's character through his actions. He received a letter from Finlay, an 11-year-old aspiring footballer. And Finlay wrote to Jack because Jack has been very vocal and open about his support and love for his sister who has cerebral palsy. And Finlay has cerebral palsy and he goes along every Monday night to Man City and he plays football. And he thinks that Jack will understand him. So Jack wrote a letter back to Finlay with a signed Man City shirt. Um, And then he surprised him on one Monday night at Finlay's training ground. And it's really sweet. I recommend you look it up on YouTube. Finlay came rushing over to him, put his arms around him and they had a great conversation. And they were discussing that if Jack Grealish was lucky enough to play, uh, get on the pitch in the World Cup in Qatar, um, that would be great. But if he was lucky enough to score a goal, what, was he, what would his celebration be? And Finley wanted him to do the worm, uh, but Jack couldn't do the worm. So they, they kind of settled on this, this movement. And you know the great thing is? Uh, In the first England match, Jack Grealish did score, and he was true to his word. And he might have looked a little bit silly, but it was just really sweet. He did that movement um, uh, as a tribute to Finlay. Uh, So I think we get a glimpse of Jack Grealish's character uh, through his actions towards somebody else, and particularly towards Finlay. 
We're looking at Luke chapter 1, verses 50 to 53. I'm going to read them. It's talking about God, Mary's God. God's mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. Now Mary, the mother of Jesus, is miraculously pregnant when she says these words. She's growing a baby boy that will be named Jesus inside her. Now when I was pregnant many, many years ago, I read this book. I really recommend it. It's called The Rough Guide to Pregnancy by Kaz Cook. And I like this book. It was funny. It was irreverent. It was informative. Uh, and even though it is a long time ago, I really remember a particular quote So this is my gift to any pregnant women here this morning. Just remember this. If anybody asks why you are tired, just say you have been making eyebrows all night long. And my recommendation is that you you really milk that for as much as it's worth. Um, Just think, when Mary speaks these words, she is growing the eyebrows of God. She has the presence of God with her. No other human being has been so physically and emotionally connected to Almighty God. And this is what she says. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. This is the character of Mary's God, and we see it with how God acts towards human beings. This is Mary's God. This is the Christian God. This is our God this morning. Is this a God you want to put your trust in? Young as she was, Mary trusted her God for the whole of her life. And we know that her life was not easy. Mary's words, I think, are singing down the generations to us this morning. Even if our lives are not easy. This is a testimony to who God is this morning. These four sentences contain six statements with God's action in a range of human situations, experiences and emotions. Now, of these six statements, three are more positive and three are more negative. The positive ones, God extends mercy, fills and lifts up. But God also scatters, brings down and sends away. And these are the things we might see as more negative. Now, I found it helpful preparing this to look at other translations at the Bible. So up on the screen are words from the New International Version the New Living Translation, and the message. God extends mercy to those who fear him. The message, I think, helpfully says, those who are in awe of God. God fills the hungry, the starving poor. God lifts up the humble, the lowly victims. God scatters the proud, the haughty. God brings down rulers 
the tyrants, the powerful. God sends away the rich, the callous rich, the entitled rich, the mean rich. So we're going to think about the negative things first. According to Mary, God is God. God is God and God has the right to scatter the proud, to bring down rulers and to send away the rich. Even though Mary was growing the tiny, vulnerable, pre-born son of God, she did not shrink from God or God's power. God is God. I want violent rulers to be brought down this morning, don't you? I want God to topple tyrants, those who cause suffering through violence. Almighty God, in Mary's words, please scatter and bring down the powerful and the cruel Vladimir Putin and the people who enable his wicked grab for power. Lord, please stop the suffering in Ukraine. That is a valid prayer we can pray based on who God is according to Mary's song. And I think we can learn from Mary. Mary didn't live to see the end of violence or unjust power in her homeland. But as far as we know, she never took these words back right to the end of her life. And I haven't got any easy answers this morning for why some suffering continues. Except that we need to ask God to make us humble enough to learn from Mary and patient enough to trust in the timing of Almighty God. So there's warning on a global scale, I think, in Mary's words. But I also think that these words are true on a personal scale. And I wonder what warning or challenge God might be giving you today through these words. Is God challenging you about the way you use your power? You might have a lot of authority at work or in your family. Is God challenging you about the way you use your money, your riches? Or is God challenging you about how proud your inmost thoughts are? A challenge of God from God that I have had over the last few weeks as I've been looking at these verses um, is, is it really struck me, the message version of these words. The message version is, he knocked tyrants off their high horses. Now, you may not think it, but I can get very high horsey sometimes. I don't know whether it's an age thing, but I can get very high horsey and very proud of my opinions, particularly when I'm fighting for things that that affect me, things like gender equality. I can get very high horsey. But I also need to recognise that I have blind spots. And sometimes I'm not not quite so passionate as I should be about the many other things that God cares for. Just one example might be the persecuted church, my, my brothers and sisters who are standing up for Jesus all over the world. I was having a conversation with a friend a few weeks ago, and my friend reminded me what Jesus said about planks and specks. I think some of us are prone to moaning about the specks in someone else's eye, the faults in others that we see, the small faults, 
whilst at the same time not noticing the great wooden planks of pride in our own eyes when we think that we are absolutely right and why can't they see what I see? Lord, please scatter the pride in our inmost thoughts. Before we move on to the more positive things, I just want to say that if you are blessed with some form of power and riches this morning, it doesn't mean you can't come to God. Of course you can. It's just that in reality, it can be much harder to humbly come to God when we have all that we need. And rather than letting God use the power and the riches that he's blessed with us for God's purposes, it's very easy to hold on to them for ourselves. But it is absolutely possible to come to a merciful God this morning. Anyone can come. So I wonder what challenge God is giving you today, like he's been giving me a challenge over the last few weeks. Uh, What challenge are you getting from Mary's spirit-inspired words this morning? Let's think about God's positive actions. God extends mercy, fills and lifts up. I really like the message translation of these words. God's mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. He pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet. There is no doubt that the God of the Bible, Mary's God, our God, is a God who favours the poor and the downtrodden. David Shepherd, the late Bishop of Liverpool, famously called it God's bias to the poor. God shows favour to the lowly, the downtrodden, the victim. This is a prophecy said about Jesus hundreds of years before Mary's pregnancies. With justice, the Lord will give decisions for the poor of the earth. And this is why as Christians we are compelled and commanded to have compassion for those who are less fortunate than ourselves. I don't know what mud or lowliness you are in this morning. Maybe you've been the victim of unemployment or unexpected mortgage increases. If you are struggling financially, please consider contacting us about our living, cost of living crisis fund. You can look at the focus, the news sheet that you either were emailed or you received on your way in this morning. Perhaps the mud that you are in this morning is grief. You're grieving for a loved one. Early in next year, we are starting a group for people who have are suffering grief with grief and who are bereaved, whether recently or a long time ago. Have a look again at page two of the focus and consider whether you might like to come and receive the love, support and comfort from other people. Perhaps your particular mud this morning is ill health, physical or mental ill health. Maybe it's for yourself or maybe it's for people you love. We would love to pray with you this morning. If you're downtrodden or without hope this morning, we want to help. And more importantly, most importantly, God wants to meet you this morning. God knows you. God is mindful of you this morning. Remember what we heard last week. 
from the first part of Mary's song. God is mindful of you and your situation and God sees you this morning. Let me tell you about Jacqueline. Jacqueline has recently been able to buy a bicycle. Jacqueline is a woman after my own heart. Um, She shares her bicycle. I think she's a bit more generous than I do. I don't tend to share my bikes. Um, But Jacqueline shares her bicycle with her children because her children need to get to school. And while her children are at school, Jacqueline goes to a self-help group because she has been in her past downtrodden, mistreated, and she needs the support of others. Also, sadly, her father has died and she has had her house reclaimed and she still struggles to feed her family. The bicycle, the self-help group, are provided by an organisation called Tear Fund. And Tear Fund is working with a local church in Jacqueline's hometown in Burundi in Central Africa to help her. This year, like previous years, we're collecting money for Tear Fund's Christmas appeal. We're doing it from next week. There will be details in next week's Focus newsletter to find out how you can do that if you are able or if you would like to. And this money is going to help people like Jacqueline. And we are doing this because we believe in a God who pulls victims all over the world and in our country and in Exeter out of the mud. And he uses people like us to do the work. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a theologian and pastor, said this, and he said these words in an Advent reflection. God is not ashamed of the lowliness of human beings. God marches right in. He chooses people as his instruments and performs his wonders where one would least expect them. God is near to lowliness. He loves the lost, the neglected, the unseemly, the excluded, the weak and the broken. God extends mercy, fills and lifts up. I think there's comfort in these words and there's a call to action and I wonder what comfort and call to action God might be giving you right now this morning through Mary's words. So let's go back to Mary, the mother of Jesus. This is Mary's testimony of who God is, what God's character is like, how God acts to human beings. These were words that she said while she was growing Jesus' eyebrows, or maybe the cells that would turn into Jesus' eyebrows. Mary was there when that embryo became a fetus, when the fetus became a baby, when the baby was born and she would cradle and clean and feed the baby, when the baby became a child, a child that she would worry about, and when the child became a man, a man that sometimes she would unsuccessfully try to control And then that man, Jesus, became a saviour, her saviour, our saviour, a God-in-a-body saviour, a a saviour who was unjustly and cruelly executed, but who would defeat death by coming back to life. To keep on the football theme, Jesus won, death nil. That's what Jesus did when he came back from life after he was killed. And Mary was there for it all. And she did not want to take back these words. 
And I wonder if this morning you believe her testimony about God. I think most of us have had times in our life when perhaps we're proud, perhaps we use our power unjustly, perhaps when we're a bit entitled and mean with our riches. But there is mercy for anyone who is in awe of God and in awe of Jesus and wanting to receive God's love and forgiveness. And I'm sure that most of us have had times in our life when we feel so small, when we're so in awe of God and and everything else, when we are low and hungry, not just for food, but, I don't know, what are you hungry for? Love, peace, joy. Mary would tell you this morning that God's mercy flows over you wave after wave that you will be pulled out of the mud, that you will sit down to a banquet where the banner, the sign over your head is love. 